Hey gang, this is Trent Chattaker, chiropractor and advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Welcome to today's tick, where each week we study a chiropractic principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thank you for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. According to Reggie Gold, the art and science of chiropractic, while inseparable from the philosophy, necessarily confine themselves to the human body. The philosophy of chiropractic, on the other hand, is much broader in scope. It deals not only with the body or material substance, but also with the immaterial factors. The triune of life explains the relationship between the material and the immaterial, and more particularly, the link uniting them. These, in fact, are the three components of the triune, intelligence, matter, and force. In today's tick, we're going to grow in our understanding on principle number four in the Chiropractic 33 Principles. Principle number four, the triune of life, is life is a trinity having three necessary united factors, namely intelligence, force, and matter. As you listen, make sure you share us with your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and feel free to tag us at today's tick. Now let the class begin. R.W. Stevenson's 1927 chiropractic textbook states, Owning to the nature of the science of chiropractic, we believe it well to acquaint the student with the fact that chiropractic has a terminology particularly its own. Many words commonly understood to have a certain meaning have certain meaning when used in chiropractic. Some of these are so frequently used that it's necessary to become acquainted with them early in the course in order to understand the significance of the statements made descriptive of chiropractic. So one of these terms that I professionally and um, in many ways believe have a meaning that all students of chiropractic need to understand in order to grasp the entirety of the philosophy of chiropractic is the triune of life. This is a dear one to me as it was Reggie Gold's thesis paper that has burned a fire within my torch to continue to spread the message of chiropractic. So let's do a real quick recap to see how we got here before we dive into the triune of life. So the first principle of the 33 chiropractic principles is the major premise, which is a universal intelligence is in all matter and continually gives to it all its properties and actions, thus maintaining it in existence. The second principle is the expression of the intelligence through matter, and this is the chiropractic meaning of life. 
and R.W. Stevenson used the word intelligence to describe the organization within the universe and specifically within the human body due to the observation that atoms and molecules have literally bundles of energy expressing information, uh, information within our body, such as coordination through neurological impulses or mental impulses from the brain to the body and back from the body to the brain. So this cyclical expression of information expresses function within the body, and that's organization. And that brings us to the, ner- the third principle, which is the union of intelligence and matter. Life is necessarily the union of intelligence and matter. And here we are, folks, on the fourth principle of the triune of life, which is exactly that. It's a term that describes in detail three factors that make up life within the human body. And so we worked our way up to this. We have intelligence, we have force, and we have matter. So let's begin. What is life? That's a big question, and we are going to try to keep it within the realm of chiropractic and a little physiology as well. So healthcare providers, theologians, and even those great philosophers have all been searching for the answer to this question, and chiropractors have too. Chiropractors have actually been discussing it for over 100 years, and it's right in front of us in the chiropractic textbook under the definition of the triune of life. And so we know for absolute certainty if someone is alive or dead, but without having a complete picture of what the relative aspect or degree of quality of life is, let's look at the definition a little bit further. Let's look into intelligence. Let's look into force and matter for a better understanding from our chiropractic lens. So life has several different definitions, and the first one that comes up is the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. In other words, adaptation, reproduction, and growth. The second definition is the existence of individual human beings or animals. So just being in existence is a form of life or definition of life. And the third is the period between birth and death of a living thing, especially a human being, which is similar to the second definition. And fourth, one of my favorites is the definition of life is vitality, vigor, or energy. So general, but so descriptive. So although, although life has several different definitions by today's standards, the concept in today's standards of whether there is life or not fall within the definition or fall very similar to the definition of the triune of life's 100-year-old description as well. And so not much has changed, right? The first definition of life is dependent upon complete function, the capacity for growth, reproduction, and functional activity, those three factors, and continual change preceding death, adaptation as well. This definition of life is different than early viewpoints and theories a long time ago, prior to 100 years ago when we defined it in our textbook, because Being alive centered on the relationship 
of no signs of disease or symptoms uh, equating health. So if you didn't have signs or symptoms of disease, you were healthy. An abundance of life uh, was there when there was no signs of disease or symptoms. But if signs and symptoms of disease were there, then you were not healthy. And so a long time ago, early viewpoints on life was... Uh, the non-entity and disease was the entity and so let's go back to science 101 here real quick for those students that are engaging with us what is an entity and what is a non-entity this is something you probably learned in either physics or science class a long time ago and here's a real quick description in scientific terms describe the two Entities and non-entities are around us all the time, right? But they are distinct and independent. Entities are distinct and independent. And for most of us, we just don't really give it enough recognition to care which one is which. For example, what is darkness and what is lightness? Which one's the entity and which one is the non-entity? Is darkness the entity? and light is the non-entity, or is light the entity and darkness is the non-entity? I'll give you a little secret to the answer. Darkness is only present when light is absent. Darkness is only present when light is absent. So less photons present equals darkness. So when you turn the light on, the photons from the light take over the location and drive the emptiness of the darkness out and so the answer to that question is light is the entity darkness is the non-entity uh, darkness is only there when light is absent so light is the uh, the existence there folks and early viewpoints of health and life were just the opposite, being uh, life was the non-entity and disease was the entity. And people who had no signs of disease or physical or mental weakness suffered um, being buried alive. So you can look further into that, um, <laughs> look into those stories. It's pretty crazy. They thought people were dead and they literally buried them with uh, uh, a string attached to bells uh, just in case they woke up from their deep sleep. So with knowledge, obviously we have grown in our knowledge drastically more than ever. With knowledge comes the change in viewpoint and now we understand that life and well-being is the entity and disease and symptoms and uh, lack of health is the non-entity. And so it's a popular belief that being alive is related to feeling good. That is a common cultural belief. But unfortunately, there are many people that feel fine and suffer from life and then physiological processes, such as, example, heart attacks and cancer are just a couple that come to the top of my head. And so you can feel fine and be diagnosed with cancer. You can feel fine and have a heart attack. So how you feel isn't the greatest yardstick to measure the entity and non-entity within you or how much life is being expressed within the physiology of your body. So your quality of life is more than just how you feel. And this definition of life is important when it comes to understanding that well-being or function is the entity and disease or infirmity 
is the non-entity. And when your body is unhealthy or sick, it's due to an absence of health or function. Life is the state of complete well-being, regardless of the absence of disease or infirmity. And when you heal or create brand new cells or well-being through the recuperative power of the body to maintain a coordinated state of function, the well-being within the body takes over and drives the emptiness of the disease or infirmity out. Just like turning that light switch on, folks. When you turn the light on, the photons take over the emptiness, the lack of photons in this space, and that's the same way with the body. So another way of looking at it is the presence of life or function takes over the absence of health, which is disease or infirmity. The manifestation of disease or sickness is only perceivable with the absence of life or normal function. And so you can only have areas that break down in your body when there is an absence of proper function within that area. And as a chiropractor who agrees with this viewpoint, and it's just a viewpoint, it's a philosophical conversation here, I believe that the entity of quality of life, or life is the entity and disease infirmity is the non-entity. And so I recommend to my clients that investing into your quality of life, regardless of how you feel, will reproduce or produce the greatest return on your investment, similar to putting money into an investment, regardless of if it goes up or down. You know the long-term strategy is going to go up. And so this principle of what is life based on standards of chiropractic philosophy is further described in great detail by my mentor, Reggie Gold, in his book, The Triune of Life. And so if you Google The Triune of Life, you can find his short and, discre- uh, short and descriptive book on it, which was his thesis when he was um, getting his philosophy of chiropractic uh, degree. And so another definition that aligns with this triune of life is vitality, vigor, or energy. Like I said, it was the fourth definition. And within the human body, uh, we could describe energy as the coordinated state of well-being. There is uh, plenty of non-physical aspects of well-being within our human body. And in chiropractic, we have the same perspective with well-being within the body as apple farmers due to their trees and fruit production. And so here in Minnesota, apple farmers are huge during the fall as we all go out to the farms to pick our apples. And we chiropractors have the same philosophy as apple farmers because we realize uh, that the cells and tissues and organs are identified Uh, by the neurological system. And so what that means is cells, tissue, and organs depend upon coordinated function through communication to the whole body via the neurological system. And cells, tissues, and organs require a physical or chemical connection to the neurological system for a state of well-being. All parts of the body are directly or indirectly connected to the nerves just like Yep, let's go back to the apple farms. Just like apples are directly connected to the branches and indirectly the trunk of the tree and indirectly to the roots. 
And so if the roots and the trunk of the tree are harmed at all during the summer or spring, then guess what, folks? That injures the apples to potentially not being produced as well as they could. So you got to take care of the tree and the roots in order to have the apple production. So the apple tree and fruit analogy within the human body is a way to comprehend functional efficiency or well-being and vitality. Yep, let's bring it back to vitality and energy as a whole and how there are uh, physical and non-physical connections that must be clear and free of any damage or interference for the life force or energy to supply the end product of well-being. The ability to physically harm perfect coordination of fruit production through injury to the trunk or branches of a tree makes you comprehend that the whole tree and its fruit is literally one organism with parts working together. Where are we going with this? We are here talking about the triune of life, folks, if you just tuned in. And the human body's ability to function toward optimal well-being requires a wholeness. And it, that wholeness requires healthy neurological system to supply, yes, supply forces or energy throughout the cells, tissues, and organs of our physiology to express life. So through the philosophy of chiropractic, there has been documentation in our literature that three elements distinguish the necessity in the role of life and the neurological system's ability to coordinate the, I think, 70 trillion cells is what they say, require intelligence, force, and matter. And so the triune of life explains the relationship, folks, between form and non-form and the link or the force connecting them together for well-being to occur within the physiology of the body. Similar to that apple farmer, you need that link. And so we describe the human body as a three-dimensional being with intelligence, force, and matter. And the combination of form and non-form makes up a state of complete well-being. And well-being is the entity. It's the, well, it's, the, uh, it's the existence. And form being the matter and non-form being the intelligence and force. So we see... We see the human body, we see the cells and tissues, which is the form, but the non-form, the stuff we don't see is the intelligence and force and the energy, similar to we see the apple, right? But we don't see the, the, the connection of uh, force being supplied to that apple to keep it growing full and healthy and as chiropractors studying human physiology or quality of life we look at physiology through the lens of neurology is what I say and so what that means is we view life from a neurological lens which means we see the brain as the coordinating energy master supplier of 
non-form throughout the body. Non-form being as in nerve impulses or mental impulses supplying force and energy to the rest of the body, to your heart, to your lungs, to your stomach, which gives a union between the intelligence and matter to the human body as a whole. So the neurological lens sees the brain communicating to the body and the body communicating back. And so the intelligence and the matter can connect because without the neurological system functioning properly in your body, you literally have a body with less complete union. And if you look at the extreme cases like our um, uh, Superman story, if you injure your neurological system, you lose complete function to other body parts. That's the extreme case. And the brain is the literally the first organ to develop in our body in utero. And it's the last organ working before medically distinguished death is on your certificate. So without your brain or neurological system in union with the tissues or organs, your body will not stay alive very long without the aid of medical equipment or treatment. Our bodies require the neurological system in order to express life, which is the union of intelligence, force, and matter. And this expression of life is the fourth principle, the triune of life within our body. So if life necessitates intelligence, matter, and force, what's the union? What unites it? The union of intelligence and matter is what I refer to as the chiropractic pinnacle, not the triune, but the chiropractic pinnacle. And the chiropractic pinnacle is force. Force is in the energy that influences change or motion on matter. I love force. I love energy. I believe personally and professionally that energy is the distinguishing factor in those that have abundance of life and physiology and those that don't. And energy is something we can't see per se, And so our quality of life within our body has this inner guru or what we refer to as innate intelligence, which means just built-in wisdom within our body. Our body is very, very intelligent or intelligent, guiding the expression of proper function and healing through the cells and tissues or matter. And the union between this inner intelligence and and the tissue, the matter, is the force and energy. It's the non-visible, non-form energy, and that comes through neurological tissue. Well-being or quality of life can be defined within the context of chiropractic as the expression of function by the union of intelligence and matter through innate forces. Innate forces being those forces or energy that bond the intelligence and matter and the innate forces are located wherever there are atoms and no matter no matter literally no matter no cells or tissues can exist without intelligence and force connecting the triune of life together but one part of the body is responsible folks for producing and creating forces in greater quantity 
than any other part of the body, and that is your neurological system. It creates energy. It sends energy throughout the body for communication. And your neurological system, folks, is responsible for connecting the form and non-form aspects of your physiology in order for functional efficiency to express well-being throughout the trillions of cells. So your body requires intelligence to maintain the organization, matter to express the intelligence, and the union from the force or energy to link the two elements together. All three elements must be present for physiology to function in a coordinated state of well-being. And well-being, folks, is the expression of intelligence through matter with energy connecting the two. So there you have it. There's the triune of life for you to soak on. Hit repeat on this one again because there was a ton in this one. And I look forward to hearing you on the next episode. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did. Let me know what you enjoyed about it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. And if this is your first episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location, analysis, and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. Be a champion and send them this episode. As B.J. Palmer said, you never know how far-reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. As always, we like to end our episodes with the definition of chiropractic. Chiropractic is a healthcare discipline that recognizes the innate recuperative power of the body to heal itself through identifying and caring for vertebral subluxations due to the relationship between structure and function as coordinated by the neurological system and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of well-being. This information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical conditions, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. In addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risk associated with some chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.